I'm going to sit down before my church family. Is that all right? You guys okay with that? Amen. I got all kinds of things I need to put that right there. I'm going to move this over here. Amen. Glory to God. Romans. If you got your Bibles, go with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Praise the Lord. I've titled this message, The Journey of Faith. The Journey of Faith. And the Bible says this in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Probably very familiar scriptures for you. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I trust that one thing you know about this pastor is I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus. I'm going to preach and proclaim his good news to the day I die and go home to be with him or he comes back, whichever happens first. But I am not ashamed of that gospel and neither should you be. I'm telling you right now by the spirit of God, we need to get bolder about our faith and what we believe in. We need to be bold in taking a stance in this dark world because God needs us to be who we're supposed to be and that's the light of this earth. Amen. I've heard one minister say, when you look down from heaven and you get down upon this earth, it's dark. Except for sporadically, you'll see lights. And those lights are you and me. But we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. How many of you believe? How many of you believe? How many of you have received your salvation? And glory to God, you understand that that word salvation, there's the Greek Greek word soteria. And it's a word that is all-inclusive. It means not just your one-way ticket into heaven, although it includes that. It also means healing, deliverance, freedom. It means so, I mean, uh, uh, divine protection, divine provision. Everything you need is included in that word. And that's what we got when we believed on Jesus Christ in his gospel message, in his good news. We got salvation, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. That Greek word, that's us. For those who were not Jewish, the, Jew, the Jews, the Jews, the Jew Jews. Just felt a rap coming on right there. <laughs> Verse 17 was where I was going. For in it, in what? The gospel of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just, the just, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Who are the just? Who are the just? I'm seeing a few of you. I'm I'm asking everybody. Who are the just? The very moment you ask Jesus Christ into your heart. The very moment I ask Jesus Christ into my heart. We became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Even though we might not feel like we deserve it. Even though we might feel like we don't measure up. We are still righteous in the sight of God. Did you hear what I just said? You now have right standing with Almighty God. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. Because you are Jesus' righteousness. Oh, that's such good news, friends. You may not comprehend it. You may not understand it. But it's the glorious truth. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I said you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the just in the earth today. And it's only because of him. Amen. 
Thank God for Jesus. And now as Christians, as the just, how are we supposed to live? Are we supposed to do this temporarily or, 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 or every now and then? Is it something we're supposed to do only when we get into hardships or face hardships or challenges, tests and trials? Or are we supposed to live by faith? We're called to live every day. We're called to live every day by faith. And I don't know about you. I can probably attest to this. Sometimes I sit down in my chair and I kind of, and, and I'm doing this, what's the word I'm looking for? Allegorically. I'm, I'm just using that as an example. I, I just kind of get on a, 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 where you get in that kind of going along for the ride mode. You know what I'm saying? Everything's good. You look, you know, everything. We had a good church service. People smiled at me. People even gave me a high five. Hallelujah. I even think that some of you love me now, and I'm just feeling really, really good. And, and so, you know, and, and, and I can get there, and then all of a sudden you just kind of coast. Start to coast through life. You know what I'm talking? Has anybody besides me ever done something like that? And you know what? Usually, when that usually happens after a faith victory, you kind of sit back and put it on coast mode. I just came victoriously through that. Hallelujah! But you know when the devil loves to attack, right after you have a faith victory, you're gonna find it to be true because I know it is. I've seen it happen time after time after time after time. But the bottom line is every day we're called to live by faith. And you know one way that you can help yourself to wake up in the morning. Living a life of faith is to immediately call on him. I heard uh, Brother Max said this to me years ago. I mean, years ago. He said, when you wake up in the morning, Daniel, you need the first thing out of your lips is that you ought to say, uh, uh, um. <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, you should say it, though. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. First thing out of your mouth. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. What your first thing, your first thoughts are about him. Because usually who's the first thoughts about? Ourselves. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to brush my teeth. Hopefully you guys do those things, but maybe it's just me. But, and then, you know, you got to get ready for work or you got to get ready for school or you got to get ready for life and so forth and so on. But my, all I'm trying to say is, Let's learn to put our focus on Jesus Christ right when we get up. Amen. That's called, you know, when you say that kind of thing, this is the day the Lord has made, I shall rejoice and be glad in him. That's an act of faith. Because you might, your body might be screaming out. Your body might be saying, stay in bed. Your body might say, roll over. You're hurting right now. You don't need to go to school today. You don't need to go to uh, church today. I mean, I guarantee you, never mind, Daniel. Go that one out. Hallelujah. But we're not called to live out of our flesh, are we? We're called to live out of our hearts. And when we're living out of our hearts, we're living by faith. And that's what we as Christians are called to live by. By faith. Every day. 24-7. Day in, day out. By faith. By faith. That means according to what God says in his word and by according to what God has spoken to us by his spirit. Amen. We're called to live by that, my friends. And listen, it's not an option for us. It's not an option for us. Especially if we want to please our God. And especially if we want to receive His blessings, His rewards in our lives. Did you know what the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six? Probably some of you can quote it to me. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God, now get this, he who comes to God must believe. Does that sound like it's optional for us? 
You must believe. Believe what? That he is. That God is God. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, glory to God. I just, again, I see that and it gets me kind of excited. If I want to experience God's rewards, and how many know that God's rewards are going to be really good? If we want to experience that, all we're called to do is diligently seek after him. Go after him with all of our hearts. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I shared all of this for a reason. A little over 11 years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart, woke me up in the middle of the night when we were living over in Missoula. We've been praying. God had already spoken to our hearts to go and start Excuse me, that we were supposed to be senior pastors, step out and pastor a church. But he woke me up in the middle of the night as we had been praying. And he said, go to Bozeman, Montana and start a church. Didn't even know the name of it at the time. Didn't know anything about it. And my wife and I and our children, we stepped out into faith and in obedience. And we came here on that word from the Lord. And we started this church, Celebration of Life Church. Amen. Glory to God. And for the past 10 years, and again, like I said, we're coming up on 11 years. Joan and I have endeavored to faithfully pastor this church. And it's not always been easy. There have been great challenges. There's been heartache. There's been tears. But I'm telling you right now, the rewards so far outweigh those challenges. And you know what those rewards are? You. Sorry. Hallelujah. Thank you. We won. <laughs> it's the truth, guys. I can see a person like Ron and Casey and Kelby and Karen and all of you wonderful people here. Chuck and Eric and Irene and Debbie and Zena and Brittany and all of you. Keely and it's just... makes it worth it it makes it worth it when you're faced with the challenges it's not an easy thing but it is a good thing because this is a God thing thank you for being a part of this church so anyway <laughs> didn't mean to cry like that <laughs> here we are celebration of life church we're in a state of transition, as you know. We're in this temporary place. And we've been believing God for a building. And as most of you know, we thought we found that place. Over there on, off of Jackrabbit. And, uh, I mean, we, <laughs> we were pretty convinced that was going to be the place. We went to City Hall of Belgrade and they first, because they had told us, you can't have a church there. It's not zoned for a church and blah, blah, blah. And we went to, you know, got legal advice and it went, it was just so amazing. And the way God worked it out, went to that city 
council meeting and they were taking votes and a lot of them were, things were getting voted down. I'm like going, okay, Lord. And I'm just like, kept speaking favor over each one. I got favor with them and favor, 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 favor. And when they got around to our case, the, the city, what is it, city controller or something like that, whatever his title was, he got up, the one who had told us we can't have a church there, and he's going to bat for us. He's, he, he's going, you know, giving a testimony for us. And, and, and then when it came time, they were all excited. They were, everybody voted yes to get us, yes, you can go into that place. And we're like, oh, we came out of there shouting the victory. Well, Gary waited to shut the door, and he started shouting, amen. And it was just like, you know, okay, God, praise God. Then we got the lease and purchase agreement from Town Pump. And if you could have read it the first time, it was so not doable for this church it was pretty crazy what they were expecting out of us and so I, I went back and I asked them you need to adjust this you need to adjust this you need to adjust this and this was all based off of my understanding of what I was reading because it had a ton of legal jargon in it I mean ton of stuff in it that I was like going okay it sounds okay you know and and so anyway they came back with some different numbers and uh, still didn't really meet what we were looking for and uh, anyway, what it came down to, what it came, I finally had somebody read it who had some understanding of legal things. And uh, this particular person said, there's just absolutely no way you want to do that. Because what's going to end up happening is your church is going to be on uh, um, the hook for everything and you will lose everything if you don't fall in line with everything they have in that contract. And the way that contract was drawn up, and I can understand, you know, town pumps after their own best interest. They're not after ours. And, but the way it was written up, we would, if, just, if, if we failed to move that building in the time frame that they said, we would lose everything. Now you might say, well, the building was free. Yeah, it was. But, you know, we looked, we had people coming in to give us estimates for the electricity, for the plumbing, for the work, you know, builder, making it into a church. And it was going to cost around over $50,000. That's just for that. And then come to find out that it was a possibility that we had to put water sprinklers in. You know how much that was going to cost? $75,000 to $100,000 on top of that. And then... Based upon this writing of this agreement, they already knew something. Of course, we didn't. But they already knew something. Because in that contract, it was talking about how we were, it was our responsibility to handle all the hazardous materials. And, and all the chemical, you know, stuff. And I'm like, oh, what, you know, what's that? Then come to find out it has asbestos in that building and lead paint. And usually when it involves something like that, you have to bring in the, what is it called? The uh, hazmat crew or, huh? Sounds good to me. Abatement team. Sounds real. That's, wow. Are you a lawyer? (laughs) Anyway, uh, so anyway, that, and I, that right there is huge. It usually costs even more money, all kinds of money for them to come in and do something and get rid of stuff like that. And so, after all of that, after listening to these different people, after seeking the counsel of others, you know, let me just say this. This is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4.2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. In other words, 
as the pastors of this church, Joan and I have been called to be good and faithful stewards over what God has put into our hands. In other words, this church. And when we looked at that, and we thought about that, and more importantly, we prayed about that, it's just, we just knew in our hearts, this is not right. This is not the place for us to be in. And so we let it go. And so here we are. Hallelujah. And I'm just letting you know, heart to heart, we have to the end of December where this building is concerned. I mean, this temporary place is concerned, and then we got to get out of here. And so what have we been doing? What have Joan and I been doing? We've been searching. We've been fit, putting feet to our faith. We've gone and looked at some buildings. We went in one particular building, and we, we already knew in our hearts it wasn't the right place, but I presented to some in the church, and they got it in their hearts right away. That's not the place. If it was in a different location, I believe it could be, but the bottom line is that wasn't the place for us. And so we're in the place right now where we are completely trusting the Lord for a church building. You know, one of the things that the Bible calls a pastor is a shepherd. How many know that's true? I'm the under-shepherd to the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. And as a shepherd leading his sheep, it is, it, God puts something in me and in Pastor Joan that we want to take you to a place where we can meet, a place where you can be fed, a place where we can fellowship and, and congregate together. You understand how I'm saying that? It's just something that's in us. And so we, we've been looking on uh, uh, the Internet, going through all of these different places, talking to other pastors, and the bottom line is we're in a complete 100% trust mode. Did you hear what I just said? We are trusting in the Lord with all our hearts and leaning not to our own understanding. In all our ways we acknowledge Him and He directs our path. I am trusting Him to lead us and guide us to that place. And we are putting feet to our faith. What I ask of you is to start doing it yourselves. Put the word out there. We're looking for a church building. And we're not... I'll wait to say that, Lord. Right now, I don't know where it is, but I know someone who does. I know someone who does. He knows exactly where we're supposed to be. The same God who brought me here, brought us here, the same God who has kept us here over the past 11 years is the same God who's going to lead us and guide us to that perfect place for this church. Why do I know that? Because he's faithful. I don't have to wonder about it. I know it in my heart. He is faithful. All I got to do is get into his presence and, and, and spend time with him. And I guarantee you, he's going to speak to our hearts. And we're going to know exactly where that place is. Amen. And it's going to be a glorious place. A place fully furnished, fully renovated. And get this, fully paid for. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 138.8, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Listen to this from the Passion Translation. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Mm. You keep 
every promise you've ever made to me. Since your love for me is constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you've begun in me. And I'm telling you, this church is in me. And he is perfecting this church in Jesus' name. And that includes the perfect place for this church to meet. Hallelujah. I'm asking of him. And I fully believe because of his constant and endless love for me that he's got that place right now for us. This does not knock him off the throne. He is not surprised that this happened. I said this to you before, a, a few years back, not this year, but last October, I was at a meeting right before, uh, a meeting over in, in Oregon Beach with a bunch of other ministers and Mark Hankins were there and we were having a Holy Ghost holdown and I'm on the ground and God speaks to my heart and he says to me, you're just getting started. And I said, and I, you know, in my heart, I said, God, we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary if you didn't know. And he said, you're just getting started. At the time, I didn't know all of this stuff was going to go down. I didn't know this was going to happen. But the bottom line is, is he did know exactly that everything that's happened has happened. It doesn't surprise him. The bottom line is, is when God spoke to my heart, spoke that word to my heart. Get this. In that very word he spoke to my heart is everything We need to see this accomplished. All the provision, all the people, the perfect building for you and me was contained within that word. I believe that. So I am not doubting for a moment. I'm going to say this. Do we get bombarded? My wife and me get bombarded with thoughts. We've actually had somebody say to us, never mind Sorry, I had to stop. I know you guys are probably going, Pastor Dan, why do you do that? It's called bridling your tongue. That's what it is, bridling my tongue. Sometimes you just need to shut up and not say some things. How many know that's true? As I like to say in a very nice way, put your two lips together and keep them that way. And that's what I needed to do right there. Amen. The bottom line is, is we cannot allow, this is so important. The bottom line is we cannot allow ourselves, cannot allow ourselves to become discouraged during this process of believing him for this church building. How many know that he has a place for us? I want to see hands. How many believe that God has a place for us? So if you really believe that, I believe that, it's there. It's part of what God has called us to do. It's part of the vision that he has for us. That's that biblical hope. And then glory to God, with our faith, we bring it to us. And in the meantime... It's going to take something, right? Before that full manifestation. That's when the devil tries to come and discourage us and say this stuff isn't working. We cannot allow that to happen. Even though the king tool building, that went to the wayside. Even though this place went to the wayside. The bottom line is God already knew these things were happening. In fact, I believe God kept us out of that building. If I would have signed those contracts, friends... It would have been a good thing for us. But praise God for God and for godly people in our lives who gave us some wisdom. Listen to this. I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 10 if you've got your Bibles. I want to read to you what my attitude is right now where this church is concerned. Now get how I'm saying this. 
I want to read to you what my attitude is. You know how you can look at people and say, well, that person's got an attitude. I want you to hear what my attitude is where this church is concerned. Hebrews 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. What is that saying? Don't you dare throw away your confidence in me, because I've got great reward for you. For you have need of endurance. Oh, that's the word that some people just have such a problem with. Perseverance. Endurance. We want it right now, God. I want to pull up to the heavenly uh, drive through put my order in, and pick it up at the window on my way out. I, mean, I'm, I'm not, I know it's funny, but isn't that the truth? Isn't that the way we, that's the way our society has, it's ingrained in us. It's so easy to get things right away. How many know that's not the way it works with God? And it's not that God doesn't give it to us when we ask him, but there is a process and we have a devil that's going to fight it every step of the way from getting to us. So what are we called to do? Just sit back and let the devil run roughshod over us or put the devil in his place? Come on now. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. There it is again. Now notice this. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That's God speaking. For those who draw back, God has no pleasure in you. And that's not us. I said, that's not us. Verse 39 says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. That word perdition means destruction. Actually, the Greek meaning of those words is that we are not of those who cower in fear. Did you hear that? There's no fear here. Fear is not allowed in this place. In the name of Jesus. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Bottom line is, and you've heard me say this over and over again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. We refuse to quit. We refuse to quit. God did not. My God is not in the failure business. Did you hear that? In other words, God did not bring us over here to fail. To kind of lead us along for 10 years, 11 years, and then to see us fail. That's not the way our God operates. He's not in the failure business in Jesus' name. And as long as we refuse to quit, now get this, and as long as we continue to fight the good fight of faith, and as long as we continue to be led by the Spirit of God, we will accomplish everything. God has planned for us to do in this Gallatin Valley and throughout this northwest region of this country. Everything is coming to pass in Jesus' name. So what are Pastor Joan and I asking of you? We're asking three things of you. You could call these the three P's. If you're taking notes, call them the three P's. Number one, pray. You can pray individually, and you need to come and pray corporately. We need to get some more praying done corporately. Do you hear me? We've got to spend some time praying for this church 
we've got to spend some time praying for our building. You need to spend some time praying for your pastors. You need to spend some time praying for one another. You need to be praying the Ephesian prayers, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, the Colossian prayers. You need to get into the presence of God and believe God for miracles and believe God for signs and wonders. Pray to see his glory. I want to see his glory. How about you? Amen. Pray to see more people getting born again. See more people being healed of sickness and disease. See more people being delivered and set free. See more people being trained up to do the work of the ministry. We need to be praying about these things. Amen. I heard one minister say we went over to the, uh, the conference over there in Boise. Keith Moore was, I believe it was Keith Moore was speaking at the time. He was talking to us ministers and he was saying one of the things the Spirit of God has impressed upon me right now in this day and hour more than ever before is for ministers to get on their faces and seek God. Spend time praying more than ever. And we need our church body doing the same thing. Amen. Do not think you have to pray perfectly before you pray. Do you know that God will meet you where you're at? Did you hear that? And a lot of times, and you've heard me say this before. When we have corporate prayer, a lot of times people don't come. You want to know why? Because they're intimidated. Oh, I don't want to go there. and I don't know how to pray. Well, you know what I used to do? I used to go into meetings and I used to listen. To people like Jerry Savelle and Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagin. I listened how they prayed. Are you hearing me? And many a times, if you'll just come into our, our prayer service, you got a woman back there named Charmaine who knows how to pray. My wife knows how to pray. Many of you know how to pray. And if you don't know how to, just come and listen. And it will help you. It will start giving you courage. You can start to pray along the same lines. Amen. But we need you to pray. Amen. And listen, you need to pray that you're going to find your place in this church. Every one of you, God has placed something in you. A grace deposit. And you're supposed to find your place for this church. And the Bible says when we all come together as one body, we're going to see growth in that body when everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Some of you might be are supposed to be helping out with children. Some of you might be greeters. Some of you might be ushers. Some of you might be needing to try out for the praise and worship team. I don't know what's in you. But you need to find out what that is. And find your place. And one of the ways you can do that is by getting on your face. In the presence of Almighty God. And let Him reveal it to you. Amen. So number one is pray. Number two is be patient. As I said earlier, we're putting feet to our faith and we're searching for a building. And again, we're asking you to do the same. But until we actually find that building in this natural realm, it's going to take some patience. I said it's going to take some patience. In other words, we can't get frustrated when it doesn't happen right away. Have you ever heard the saying, when you point one finger at you, I'm pointing three fingers back at me? This is one of those times right here with me. I can't get frustrated during this process, as I was talk, said earlier. I can't allow myself to get over. And you know why a person gets frustrated? They look at the problem instead of the answer. And we got to keep our focus on our answer. On God, who is our answer, amen? Who has the answer. I'll say it that way, praise the Lord. 
Instead, we just need to keep praising our good God and declaring our trust in him, knowing he's working behind the scenes to see this all come to pass. Amen. Number three, we need to participate. We need your help. We need you to serve in this church. Again, finding your place where you fit in. Amen. And and listen, wherever you fit in, pour your whole heart into it. Give it your all. Say, God, this is where I'm supposed to be. I believe this is where I'm supposed to be. Then go for it. You know, a prime example of that is Cassie. She knows she's supposed to be working with children. And it's hard for her to get, for us to pull her away from the children, put somebody else in there because she loves doing it so much. She's pouring her heart into it. And that's the way all of us need to be doing wherever you have been placed. Amen. And then we need you to financially support this church. Just smile real big because I know a lot of you do. But listen, I've said this to you before and I mean this and I'm not saying this. That's why I got my eyes closed. When I ask you to support this church financially, I'm not, I, we're not in the business of arm twisting. You've been coming to this church for any amount of time. You know we're not in the arm twisting business and we're not about giving you sob stories. Why do we want you to sow into this church? First of all, because you believe in it. You believe this has been established by God. But also because when you do it by faith, it opens your life up to greater blessings from him. And then guess what happens? Harvest comes in your, in your life and you're able to then sow more. And greater harvest keeps coming in your life and you're able to sow more. And it's an endless cycle with God. Amen. So we need you to participate. Glory to God. And, and, and what, is, what is our saying in here? What is the one saying I say practically every time we give? We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. I believe in it. I practice it. We're going to practice it when we sow into that church down in Florida. But glory to God, I want this to be your heart. I want you to show that you're with us. And part of that is showing up to help us. And part of that is by helping us financially. So number, so we need to pray. We need to be patient. And we need to participate. And as you do those things, my friends, we're going to see growth in this body. And we'll see the full manifestation of our church building. I want to read to you now something, some things that the Lord, some prophecies the Lord has given us over the years. This one says, have you not said that I've brought you here for such a time as this? And it is so. And do you not believe that I, the one who brought you here, shall be able to keep you and bless you and provide for you? Great provision is already yours. More than enough provision is already yours. Just reach out and take it with your hands of faith. It already belongs to you. Never doubt me. I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. I am the God who is more than enough. And what you've seen in your heart and all I've spoken to you is coming to pass. So do not draw back. And do not grow weary in well-doing, for your due season is now. Have I not said it, and shall I not do it? The vision I've given to you is coming to pass. That which I've spoken to you is coming to pass. Amen. This is a word from the Lord. 
that the Lord gave to Pastor Joan. Do not question my calling upon your life. Do not question my placement of you in this valley. Do not question my ability to bring you through any adversity, any situation you might face. I have placed you right where I want you. I have hewed out a place in Bozeman, Montana to place my name. That place is Celebration of Life Church. It's been forged in the fire, and no man shall pluck it out of my hand. It is time to get busy. It is time to widen the stakes, take new ground, and forge ahead. Gone are the days of wondering, have I missed it? Have I not heard your voice? You must settle it once and for all. This place, I, this is the place I have called you. This is the people I have chosen for you to reach. This is the place of my blessing, my provision, and my anointing. There is a shift, and the wind of my spirit is blowing upon my ministry. Do not forget what I have ordained. No man can hinder. No flesh can stop the mighty moving force of my power. So gird up the loins of her mind. Settle forever your calling and move forward in what I have called you to do. Hold fast to my word and I will not fail you. Take heed to my leading and you shall surely see it come to pass. Order your steps by my word and my will and you will fulfill all that I have called you to do. Praise the Lord. And then finally this word. No, that's not it. Yes, this is it. Praise the Lord. I might shout on this one, so I need to stand up. Praise the Lord. There's a reason I told you to call this church Celebration of Life Church. For this is a church that is full of my life. Eternal life, the God kind of life. This is a church full of my glory, full of my spirit. This is a church full of my love, full of my mercy, full of my goodness. This is a church full of the gifts of the spirit, full of miracles, full of signs and wonders. This is a church full of my abundance, full of my blessings. This is a church full of people who love me, who desire to live for me. Who desire to please me. This is celebration of life church. A church brought to this place for such a time as this. And no devil and no person shall be able to keep this church from fulfilling its destiny. Now I don't know about you. I want you to know this. Celebration of Life Church's best days and your best days and my best days are before us. We can look back and we can be grateful for where we've come from, but we're not looking back and feeling sorry for ourselves. We're going to look forward because our best days are before us. We have a mighty work to do in this Gallatin Valley. I want to see everything God's spoken to me, put in my heart, come to pass. And I'm telling you, by faith, it is happening. I said it is happening. I want you to get hooked up with us more than ever. I need you to pray for us. I need you to be patient. And I need you to be participating. Thank you. It, it, it really comes down to us rallying around one another, being there for one another. 
I, I mean, the Lord has been, been speaking some things to my heart. And I, I, I have no problem humbling myself before you and asking you to forgive me for getting complacent in my faith walk where this church and our church building was concerned. I did. I got content with where we were at at that King Tool building. I mean, we had a place. They're never going to sell that place at that, that price. It'll never happen. It's overpriced, so we're good. And for years, it was that way. I mean, literally, there was never hardly anybody going into that place. And then even after people started to look at it, it didn't really, oh, they'll never sell it. And then look what happened. So I take, I take responsibility. I've already asked God to forgive me, though. How many know that God's merciful? How many of you know that God's not in the condemnation business? He didn't beat me up. He already knew where I was, what I was doing, where I was at. He didn't come alongside and kick me and say, what are you doing? You know where he's at? He's right now saying, come on, let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm saying to you, by the Spirit of God, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's continue to be here for one another. Let's not be content with where we're at. Even if God brought us to another place to rent for a season, I'm telling you right now, I will not be satisfied until we're in our own place. And that own place is renovated completely, fully paid for, having the best parking lot you could imagine. It's going to be a glorious place filled with His Spirit. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, you're going to see so many miracles happening. Popcorn going off. Miracles, signs and wonders. And praise God, I believe it. I'm settling for nothing less than that in Jesus' name. I need you guys to come on. Come on. Let's do this together. Praise you, Jesus. So are you with us? You're with us. Hopefully you've, I've bared my soul for, before you. I wanted to come before you, obviously, to share about that building and what went down there. But I also wanted you to know, this is not put a, a wet blanket over the fire in me. If anything, it stirred me up all the more. And I thank God for people like you who are with us. Because it's what gets me going all the more when discourage, discouragement tries to come. All I got to do is think of you. And I get pumped. And I get excited. Because I see a bunch of people in this room who love Jesus. And I'm so thankful God's used me, even if it's a small part, to minister to your lives. Thank you for being here and a part of this church. We love you so very much. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the word today and your presence in this place.